It's not a running podcast if on the week of Zatapet Classic you don't do a bonus episode and talk about who's going to win. It's what we did here. Me and Maddie caught up in his kitchen in Footscray to talk all things running with a particular focus on Zatapet Classic happening tomorrow night. Oh, a bit of controversy. We disagreed about who's going to win the men's race. Be interested to hear your perspective. It's going to be a big night, though. You cannot get a better lineup in the men's field than what we've got. Women's race is exciting as well. It's, oh, I'm flying out to Denpasar tonight. I'm going to Bali, so I'm going to miss it, unfortunately. I'm uh, going to be looking for a live stream. But if you're in Melbourne, hey, make your way down. Apparently, it's free entry as well. Well, well done, Athletics Victoria. That's a, that's a great move on your behalf. Guys, this is me and the guru. This is a good episode. This was fun. Enjoy. <laughs> high five for you to start this podcast in a non-visual medium that was, start, yeah. yeah i'm still learning this craft that was a terrible way to start a, a non-visual medium mate podcast. you're the worst because i have no idea when you're starting this podcast because you just have the <laughs> have the audio rolling for five minutes and we get in this ridiculous informal chat and then you're just like introduce it and i'm like oh shit we're going yeah oh, i know Do you know I've, I've decided i'm bro i'm bad at podcasts i've realized <laughs> Coming from the chief podcast, <laughs> I listened to our episode the other day, and you're the you're the official podcaster here. I'm, I'm yeah. throwing the title to the guru because uh, I'm from now on. I'm the guest on this show. Oh, a couple of that. That sounds fair. Yeah, I was really hoping you'd support me. And <laughs> tell me I'm better than I thought. What's going on, bro? This is uh, this has become the new studio. We're in your yeah. footscray um, uh, two bedroom little house. Perfect yeah. in the kitchen. Does the job. It's really good. I tell you, it's more comfortable than our house. Every muppet at our house is always bloody. I feel like we're in a set of units, as you know. Yeah. Um, and I, I swear all our neighbours are doing renovations because every time uh, – I had a podcast with Adam Diddick yesterday. Yeah. And uh, it was okay, but in the lead-up to it, about half an hour before, I could hear some bloke next door hammering. And I was like, mate, like – And we've learned our lessons from our excess noise and recording. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we can't talk about that. I'm still, I'm still <laughs> doing on, about moving that. Moving on. <laughs> oh, what's been going on? Not much. Just work. I've been sick as a dog this week. Like, I was – you know, in, stuck in bed all weekend and then just sort of getting back out there. Went for my first real run this afternoon, just a rolled 10K in about 4.30s and felt good, but I've still got this lingering cough, just, you know, bad flu. Work with kids. I'm a school teacher for those at home, so I had school camp last week and killed me. I said this to you last week, but I don't like the fact that you so easily skim over a 10K run at 4.30s. Well, it's not bad when you consider two things. My Achilles are shot. And I'm about 84, 85 kilos at the moment. Are you really? Yeah, I am. So, Where's that weight located in the, oh, in the quads? Somewhere else, mate. <laughs> what, your pecs? In the jocks. Oh, is that <laughs> Mate, I wish I could tell it you're lying, but I know you've been honest. Um, nah, like, I don't know. I, I'm in this weird balance of sort of trying to maintain that because I'm trying to be this, you know, 31, 32-year-old local footballer who really just enjoys running as well. And it's... It, it, it's a weird medium to sort of try to hold because I feel like the moment I start to run over a certain amount, I just drop the weight. I'm a naturally bigger guy, but I do start to drop it. But I'm, I sort of, yeah, I'm, I'm holding it this, you know, low to mid 80 kilo mark at the moment. And my body's feeling good for it too, actually. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah I'm, I'm, honestly, I wish I could be happy for you that you run so quick on Australia, but there is just <laughs> an element of jealousy. Because I'm 87 kilos as well. Um, <laughs> and same problem as you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate you not saying anything. <laughs> oh, man. How much do you weigh at the moment? Uh, 76. Yeah. 76 kilos. I've dropped two kilos in about a month. Yeah. Well, that's not bad. That's probably a healthy way to do it. Like They do say that like gaining and dropping, and I think half a kilo a week is the recommended like, pace to do it at. So like, that's probably pretty fair. It's funny. I know you've called me out on being vain before, which is probably a... Consistently like a- over our friendship. <laughs> and um, I tell you what, it's been hard for me to handle because I was working so hard in the gym mm. for the last couple of years, and I got on the scale the other day. Yeah, a few years ago I hit eighty, and I thought I looked fantastic. Yeah, um, vain. And uh, <laughs> to see the numbers slowly dwindling down, and knowing I've only just started marathon training. Yeah, it's. I tell you what, though, running starting to feel easier. It does, doesn't it? Once oh you, yeah. my gosh, I couldn't believe it. Like. Uh, I've just, you know that feeling you get when you start hitting like a little sweet patch, your legs start to recover, you're not carrying 100 kilos around with you. You get the buzz afterwards. You too. get a little buzz. Yeah, yeah. And there's nothing better. Um, there's not, I'm sure there's better things, but like in my world, uh, there's, <laughs> there's nothing better than 
getting out for a run, hitting 30 minutes, knowing you're an yep. hour in, yep. uh, sorry, no, knowing that you're going to be gone for an hour and just feeling the legs just ticking over, feeling good. Yeah. Oh, my Sunday long run last week was the opposite of that though. Gross. Oh, <laughs> I don't know what happened. I was, um, it was, I, I reckon I got to 5K and I've just, as I said, I've been consistently just trying yeah. to keep it around 18, 20K. Yeah. I got to 5K and I just, I don't think I'd fueled well. So how far was the run or what? I did 20. I did 20 last Sunday, yeah, 20K, and I, I got to 5K, and I was sort of, I knew I probably hadn't fueled very well for the yeah. run, like I hadn't eaten much and probably hadn't drank enough. That's early though to fuel that 5K in. Like. I was feeling rubbish. Yeah. And, uh, and, but the problem with that is sometimes you come good. Like sometimes you well, can. Well, that's why, yeah. So you, you do push through because everyone's had those runs where you might only be going for an hour jog, and let's say you're going from anywhere from 12 to 15K in that hour. You know, sometimes your first 20 minutes can be rough as guts, but then often you hit that plat- that patch, don't you? You're like, fuck, this is fun. Yeah. yeah. No, seriously. Yeah. And you do. And I yes. was, I never, I never hit it. <laughs> I never hit that patch. Um, but I was running through like Yarra Bend. Well, I don't know. Is it not Yarra Bend? Is it Yarra Bend Park? What do oh, they call it? It's where they used to have those. AV. Yarra Trails. So yeah. That's where I was running. Yeah. Those AV Relays. Is that the one used near there? Or? Yeah, actually they did. It was yeah. where, so in the year 2000, I ran my first national cross country. Yeah. Um, around Yarra Park yeah. somewhere, yeah. but it was it was away from that main park and around the trails. Okay. There's like a heap of bats hanging yeah. up. Me, Matty Griffin, and uh, Vaughan Harbour used to run around there all the time, yeah. and that was my sort of introduction to it, and I loved it, um, apart from the bats. So I was, I was just running along these trails and uh, hoping they come good, because it just it clears your head out there. Yeah. Just, so I was like, mate, I'm just going to go for a couple of hours, but I'll tell you what. Like, it's a nice little haven in... Like, it's pretty, you know, urban metropolis there. Like it's in the middle of Melbourne, and yeah. it is a nice spot. Yeah, yeah, it was, um, it was beautiful. But yeah, I tell you what, the legs just went; they were filthy. Yeah, and I was like, "Fire!" I think I'm about to retire. And then a couple of days later, um, I think Tuesday, I went out and uh, told a million bucks again. Where you're at at the moment, though, is there validity in just you know calling it quits 15k in? You know, saying you've done 70 minutes, I'm still got an aerobic benefit from that run. Mm-hmm. What, is there is there a point in just saying you know what stuff it? Like, there's, I'm not getting anything more out of this. If anything, I'm probably causing damage. Like, is is there is there benefit to that, or do you, you, are you happy you push through to 20? Oh uh, well, I, to be honest, I think like the the next day I, I recovered pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah. Um, yep. But I, in hindsight, maybe I could have just pulled the plug at 15. Problem was. Uh, the the park that I was running at was five yeah. k's from my front door. Oh, I see. so yeah. if I'm, I'm thinking, yeah. all right, I'll give it to I'll give it to ten or twelve k and decide. It's, it's probably too late because yeah. I thought if I'm going to run five k back, you just you cutting laps of yeah. like concrete blocks. Yeah. So I thought stuff. I'd yeah. much rather feel horrible for for you know forty five minutes or an hour or whatever it's going to be, and uh, and just at least get a little bit of scenery. I think you know, especially in this base you know building phase of yours, it, it, it's good, good mentally for you too to push through that because. Knowing that you can get through that on a nice, long, slow run, you know, it, it does build a bit of confidence next time that you are feeling rough, you know, and just that internal dialogue that you have saying, I'm fine, you know, I can push through this. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's so true. And I think it's good as well because I'm doing a little bit of work with some footy clubs at the moment with yeah. the running side of things. And last night I was down in Trelgan and uh, um, a lot of fit boys, the boys looking great actually. Yeah. Like they've been doing just uh, one a week, uh, once a week doing a main session. Mm-hmm. Um Quite light, just uh, four or five k's with yep. a, a few like sixty percent surges in there, just to get the legs, yep. you know, welcome back. And uh, some of them looked fantastic, but a couple of the boys last night, when I was saying that over the Christmas break, I wanted to do a minimum of of three runs a week for yep. about twenty to forty minutes, yep. super slow, regardless of the position they play. So if you need to walk, walk. <laughs> but um, the dirty looks that I was getting from some of them was pretty potent the reason yeah. i mentioned it was because i i think just me going out and feeling like rubbish on those 20k runs yeah. can give you an appreciation for okay. how crap you can feel when you just go find your way through in the sport i was thinking that before too it's um it's an interesting perspective to have how hard running can be and sometimes you only sort of really have the appreciation for that as a runner when you're coming back after a layoff or you know you're getting back into it after you know illness injury and then you're like, no wonder people don't, no wonder everyone doesn't do this sport because it, it's a tough sport and mm-hmm. it does take it out of you. But. And you have to push through so much crap to be able to get to that good little sweet spot that I was saying before. Yeah. Like if you want to get to a real flow, you're not going to do that running around at 120 kilos. Well, you're right. Just- yeah, certain level of fitness because, you know, if you're going out there and you're pushing 190 beats per minute running seven minute Ks, but feeling that, you know, that elation, that euphoria, that, that runner's high that people talk about, you, you're a while off that. Mm-hmm. Running is going to suck. Mm-hmm. And it, it is. It's getting to a certain base level of fitness where it starts to get easier. And often it is hard to see, you know, see anything through 
you know, past that. But yeah, it's there. It is yeah. a game changer. Whenever I'm in a bad mood, I don't know what Beck says to you, but whenever I'm in a bad mood, Jesse always goes, she's like, go for a run. Yeah. Mate. I just get out of the house. You're doing my head in. It speaks a bit to exercise. I just go for a walk sometimes yeah. and it fixes it. So I usually run 16Ks a week. Uh, 16, <laughs> 16 times a week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, how, yeah, how, yeah, how's your training going though overall? You, you content with your progression? Like You talked about the weight loss, which is interesting because it, it tells me that it, it, things are happening. Like Your body's adapting to the training. So Yeah. So I'm, I'm probably running four to – I'm aiming for four to five days a week at the moment. Yeah. Um, and that's just for the next month or two. What's, what's I'm a mileage like over those four or five? I think like – 45 to 60 K. Decent though. Roughly, yeah. Strava might make me look like a liar. I'm pretty sure it's 45 to 60 K. Yeah. Um, training's going well. Like it's honestly, the, the beauty of approaching running like I am right now is that there's there's zero stress involved. I've got zero emotional connection to the actual sport right now. Yeah. Um, I don't know how long that'll last, but I'm enjoying just going out as a, I feel like a hobby runner. Yeah. Um, if I have a rough day or I feel rubbish, I'm like, oh, I don't care. I'm, mm. I'm over it in 10 minutes. Um, Sunday, yeah. So Sunday was Sunday was a bit yuck, like felt a bit rubbish. Yeah. Um, surprised myself. Did you see my Strava from last night? I did, but remind me what it was again. Okay, so I thought it might have had a bit more of an impact on your. Life. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of you. Mate, I, was, I was probably standing at the front of the class just on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, so it was it was nothing. It was nothing crazy. But for where I'm at, I was uh, I was thinking bloody hell, like, that sort of surprised me. So I, I yep. went out. It was just a, it was a nine k run. And uh, I was planning, actually, as I started the run, I was going to do, like, five one-minute time and then five-minute jog. Like I remember it off. Yeah, yeah. And then I just thought I'll, I'll chuck in a, a few Ks at 350, 345, 350 yep. pace. Yeah, And um, naturally got a little bit excited as yep. I got started. I think it was, like, three 350 and then, like, a 330 and a 325 mm. to finish it. And I did that last K. I actually didn't know how fast it was till I got home. And I don't reckon I've done the 325 K for... A very long time. It's moving. It's um, it's a good cliff, isn't it? Like, yeah. I think I, I did a fartlek session. I might have mentioned this. It was a few weeks back now. I shouldn't keep referring to it. And, you know, from where I'm at at the moment, only running about 40K a week. And, you know, I went through 5K in a high, you know, mid-18s. And I think... And I, that is really yeah, impressive. And at that point, I was like, oh, yeah, maybe this is starting to happen. And for what I need and what I'm trying to get fit for, that's all I need. I'm not trying to be a 15 high runner again. I'm not trying to be, you know, that sort of, you know, hobby. Like, I don't even know what you'd phrase, like where yeah. I was at that. But like, I'm not trying to be super quick. So it, it, it is, and I'm saying right now, I'm not sure I had the capabilities to drop a three minute 20. I, I feel like I've got like a really good, I can run three minute. You could run a three minute 20. Well, the interesting thing is that I, I think I could go out there and run three minute 45. It's quite aerobically good. Yeah. I feel like that's a good, you know, it's a, Quicker than a tempo pace, but I'm quite comfortable with that. But I haven't done much stuff faster. Mm. So I think that's got to come for me as a, you know, next footy season approaches. But, yeah, I'm just enjoying building this aerobic base. It's funny, I yeah. think, when you haven't done speed for a little while. Yeah. Three, 3.30 sounds a little bit intimidating. Feels I thought, <laughs> oh, yeah. I thought that last night, actually, even as I when, I, when I looked at Strava, when I finished the run, yeah. I thought, holy crap. Like, yeah. if you had told me that I could run that pace an hour ago, I wouldn't have believed you. Yeah. But all of a sudden, it's like, oh, okay, so 325 pace, it just becomes, once you do it a couple of times, naturally, yeah. it just becomes more normal. Uh, but, mate, there's no way known that I would doubt you'd be able to clock a 325. Oh, yeah, I could. I think what would be more interesting is what I'd run at the moment for an all-out 400. I'd be really intrigued at that. And I was actually tempted the other day. So, my brother's going to, he actually mentioned that we're going to stop mentioning him every podcast. Who, is this Trent? Or yeah, Dan? yeah. He's going to Meredith Music Festival this weekend and he's talking about a naked 400 they're going to do there. <laughs> and so, my brother, he's about six foot four. He's a pretty fit. Oh, I'll he, never he, do a naked 400 yeah, next to him. He's pretty fit. Well, yeah. Six foot five. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he reckons he can drop a you know, 55 after a decent night on a Sunday morning, after two decent nights back to back. And I was like, oh, I was like, I don't doubt he probably could, but then I had in my head, like, not naked, but what I could actually, like, achieve, <laughs> what my 400 capabilities would be because I did, you know, a while ago I was doing some 200 reps and I was just, you know, doing them in 30 seconds. Decent recovery, though, and that felt flat out. Yeah. And so, I don't know, like, I, I like, like to think I'm a mid-50s guy still, but I don't know if I am. Yeah, that's quick. Isn't it? Your biggest problem is you'll finish with gravel rush. <laughs> 55 is not mucking I think the fastest 400 I ever did, I know the fastest 400 yeah. I ever did, was 52 in a set of spikes, and I felt like I had the sprint of my life. Yeah. It's interesting. I don't think I maxed out. I remember doing, it was a, it was a rolling start 300. Yeah. 
And I want to say I, I did it in 36 high. Are you serious? So that... Uh, is that the one I did 36 low? Maybe. No, I just made that up. He might, he might have been there that day. No, actually. I would have been cheering for that's That's cool. But, um, that yeah, is moving. So that was you know 50 second pace essentially, but it was a rolling start, which probably does at, you know, as a second and a half, there was probably a 51 pace. It was only 300 too. So I'm not sure what you that... You pretty good high end speed. I forgot that you were quick. I did, but like I feel like I had good high end speed. I could slog out a really, you know, quick paced 90 minute run. I just had nothing in between. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny that football, that football. Obviously, I've got my uh, I've got my toes right in the water at the moment. Yeah. With a few clubs and um, had Dennis Armfield jump on board the program the other day, which I was happy with. That's awesome. The great man, yeah. just for bragging rights. Yeah. I'm going to uh, make sure that is the intro to this program. I was thought you'd be more impressed with that. Dennis Armfield. Yeah. Oh, he's alright. Yeah. Okay. All right. Average, yeah. average average player at Carlton in an average era, but you know, moving on. Sweet. Dennis, no if you're listening, sorry, mate. No, yeah. he's a beautiful man. He's a beautiful <laughs> he's man. He's a good boy. But I, uh, I, no, obviously I had him on the podcast, not this one, yeah. um, I had him on a podcast a few weeks ago, yeah. months ago now, and uh, one of the things that we were speaking about is just the different approaches that footballers can yeah. take to their training. Yeah. And it's uh, it's funny, like I find it interesting that you say, okay, your aerobic base is unreal now, as you, yeah. which is probably fine, five months or four months yeah. out from a footy season, you don't necessarily need to have like a crazy high-end speed right yep. now, do you? And even, this is what surprised me about the footy scene, even blokes who, um, even blokes who do have high-end speed, yep. once you're in the fourth quarter and you've been running around all, all game, yep. it, people used to say to me in the early stages of a fourth quarter, mate, like you're just, you're so quick. Like, no, no, I'm not. You recover. I, I, I recover. Yep. I recover really well. And I think that's such an underrated skill to be able to take out to a footy field. Look, I, and I noticed that, like when I go to training and, I haven't actually trained yet. It has started for us, but I'll start going with a bit more regularity. January. I'm not one of the quicker blokes, and I don't try to be, but I do notice that I'm recovering three times as quick with this aerobic base. And the speed does come. It's just about doing it smartly, and the mm. speed endurance. It's a fun training to do anyway. Like sometimes going out and spending you know 45 minutes on a 10k jog. It, it's time consuming. It's not as fun. This is going out and doing some one fifties and you know yeah. top end like short to medium recoveries. Like that stuff. That's why you run sometimes. You want to feel fast. Yeah, you do. And I do enjoy that. But also, I'm sort of doing a bit of body management stuff at the moment, right? I don't want to go and nick a ham- hamstring in December. Fair enough. And, Why would you? It, well, yeah, I'd rather do it earlier on. <laughs> no, but um, it's it's uh, you know, I, I don't want to do that. But it is interesting with the different, like what you were alluding to, with the different philosophies, I guess, and, and what different clubs do. So, like a lot of the sessions at my footy club at the moment tend to do preseason. I enjoy. I think they're really specific, and they could be as simple as like seventy meter sprints, jog back, and then doing that with in three sets of four minute efforts. So there's no set amount of sprints, but it might be sprint, jog back for four yeah. minutes. Two minutes recovery, do it for another four minutes. Mm-hmm. And I find that's a really that's really nice stuff to be doing like a couple of months out from season versus that at the moment. Like, I think that would be quite useless training. I really enjoy building this aerobic base because I know in football season, I'm not going to – I'm sore as anything. I can't walk Sunday. Yep. Monday, I'm still sore. Yep. Tuesday, I get up for training. Wednesday, I'm, like, I'm probably still sore. I probably recover on a Friday morning. And so I know that that ability to go out there for a 15K run just doesn't exist. So I, 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 I love this time of the season. And maybe it's because I just genuinely love running, but I get to get out there, build this aerobic base, and then sort of sharpen up through, which is um, it, it's an interesting way to look at it, but it, it, it works for me, and I, I just get to enjoy running at the moment. Which is yeah. Cool. I reckon that, uh, that the, the footy season running training is an interesting little element, yeah. I reckon, because um, – yeah. It's funny. I was listening to Andrew Russell the other day, who's now a performance manager at a uh, high performance manager at a Carlton. He was at Hawthorne. Jeff Risley's coach, we might. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so knows he's running. Yeah, hundred percent. And he was saying that one of the biggest things that he thinks clubs struggle with going into finals is just maintaining conditioning. Correct. He goes because you can have one really hard hit yep. a, a week, which is fine. Yeah. Um, but he was saying that uh, like it, it's helpful to be able to utilize um, some of the blocks. Like if you've got a buy around. Yep. Um, maybe on the Thursday or the Friday, because you said like after a game, yeah, you are. I know that yeah. feeling. You saw till Wednesday, yeah. Um, especially early in the season, I think that's what I yeah. noticed. The <laughs> Sunday Sunday legs were were just brutal, yeah. Um, but then the uh, the players who have the ability to recover quite quickly and get out for a bit yeah. more of a difficult session on a Thursday or Friday on the yeah. wire round, it's a nice little advantage I think going into the later parts of the season. Yeah, look, it is, and there's ways to do that, which you know, without giving away too many of your trade secrets here, it could be as simple as just doing that aerobic conditioning 
pre-training, mm-hmm. you know, fitting it in, you know, because a lot of the time too that I find is, you know, clubs do their running training. They'll do 90-minute skill session and add some 400s on at the end. Yeah. Where it's just like, you know what, I'm not – I've been to clubs who have done that, know a bit about running, and I know I'm getting nothing out of that. It's just the way it sort of works, and there's got to be a bit more smartness towards how that operates, I think, mm. yeah. True. True. So you're on track here, right? So your long runs – I'm actually – I want to go back to your training here, though, because – your long runs are progressing beautifully. Like to be getting out there where you're at to over twenty k regularly is like it, it is impressive. Um, how many months out till Brisbane? Brisbane's about about six. What are we now? December. Yeah, six and a half months. All right. So this is the interesting thing. So six and a half months is a decent time. Like mm-hmm. you've got a lot of weeks in there, you know. So like where like your when do you want to hit your peak long run? Like what? How many months out? Yeah, One I'm in. Out? I'm in no hurry. Yeah. So pretty much, I'm not. You're not going to see too much of a progression in my long run distance for the next couple of months. Yeah, that's good. Um, at, my goal is to, and you said it last week. It's a yeah. beautiful way to build fitness. Just yeah. being in that Sunday long run week after week. Yeah. And I totally agree. So my goal is to just consistently hit 18 to 20k. I don't know what's going to happen this Sunday because I'm yeah. going to be in Bali. And I remember being there for my honeymoon about this time of the year, a few years ago. It was bloody hot and humid and Mate, it's like a 5K easy. run was a... I do remember a story about you like getting food poisoning off eating a oh. certain type of Balinese sushi, which was... No. Well, yes. And, yes. Okay. So, <laughs> we think the... Co- we don't know if the culprit was the sushi or... I had a pineapple juice on the plane. Oh, sorry. As I was about to get on the plane on the way home. Oh, that'd be right, wouldn't it? But yes, you would think so. But it had a cube of ice in it. And I'm not convinced it was the sushi. I reckon it could have been that cube of ice because I reckon an hour after I had that juice, I was cooked. Do you know what's funny? It's funny you say that because you go over to Southeast Asia. This is really off topic. Uh, no, you know, off, often the first week, you get rough. But I spent eight and a half months backpacking Asia, right? So all this, this is this started this year, late last year. So I've done it all. Me and my partner, Beck, we got sick once. Granted, we got sick in the filthiest place. Like it was disgustingly rank. Oh. But we, we managed the whole trip. We didn't worry about ice or anything. We didn't drink tap water. We, we, we stuck to bottled or filtered or treated water. Yeah. But we, we managed it pretty well. But training over there was tough. Oh, oh it was yeah. It gross. Like you go there for, you're like, all right, you know, get out there, go for a 20 minute run, you know, 4K. Horrible. And you come back, right, and you'd be that soaking, like you're getting chafed. Like it's just, it's just gross. Like, and there's these places where running is not really respected. I got hit by a tuk-tuk in Chiang Mai once. Seriously, cut my arm wide open. <laughs> and it's just like, what am I doing here? Like, this is just, you know, but you have to because, well, I had to because I was there for eight months. And otherwise, I'd come True, back. True, yeah, you would come back with man boots. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, it's brutal. I remember being there in 2011 and I yeah. was still training hard to be a runner. And uh, I remember after about three days, I just went yeah. to the local gym, which was had like mild air con yep. and just uh, and just started doing some some runs on the treadmill. So I think maybe, yeah. maybe I'll, I'll see how it is. Like if I can get a couple of days where it's sort of mid-20s and the humidity is not mental, I'll... Uh, I wouldn't bother. Enjoy the time. Like I think that's what we're talking about, like with where we're at with our fitness journeys is I think you don't, you don't want running to become that chore. Mm. And I think that'd be the easiest way for it to become a chore for you is to be like going over there, for a holiday, for a relaxing break, waking up at nine o'clock in the morning and thinking, oh, I've actually got to spend an hour here doing that. You know, like, don't, I wouldn't bother. Yeah, fair call. Cool. Fair cool. If it you feel like it, do it. But, yeah, yeah, I was going to say, actually, I, I think sometimes, um, I'll say this with Jocker. Yeah. I reckon the idea of just sitting and doing nothing doesn't interest me in terms of, yeah. I, I enjoy a holiday more. If I can go away, maybe bust out a bit of yoga, have a run, do a gym session. Yeah, that we're, idea. We're of, different. Yeah, really? <laughs> well, we, we are, I think there's different types of holidays too. Because like, my funniest, I've got a Bali trip booked in for March next year and um, I'm just going to be drinking a million bintangs. That's all, <laughs> all I'm doing. That's all I'm doing for a week and I'm not, you know, I'll hire a scooter, you know, do all the stuff, you know, do all the fun, dumb stuff. But in, in saying that, when you go for a longer time, I think I definitely have that attitude of, you know, you've got to get in that routine and make the most of it. I wish I liked beer. This is my thing. I'm trying to work on being an Aussie bloke. Like, you're an Aussie bloke. You can go away and drink beer, bing tang. There's not more, much more of it. This is my thing. I was yeah. thinking the other day, like, when it comes to lighting fires and cooking barbecues, yeah. two things I have no interest in and every Muppet wants to tell me how to do both of them. Have you noticed that? There's something like... 
There's yeah. something instinctual. There's something deep within us that's like, okay, that's not how you cook a barbecue and Tice, that's not how you build a fire. Well, I think the fire one's interesting when you hear like a million different techniques from a million different people. I just love standing. This is where my smart ass just comes in. <coughs> I just love standing back and just being like, just these, you know, shit stirring comments when people <laughs> do stuff up after they're trying to tell you how to do it. But I feel like that's a trait that I sort of have that, um, I know that face. I've seen you do that a number of times with me, actually. Yeah. Stand back and be like, come on, Tosh, show us how it's done again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, so yeah. hopefully I, uh, my goal is just, last time we were there, I came back. We stopped in Bali for three days because I wasn't allowed to fly. Um, oh, I, yeah. You know I did know that. I was, yeah. I haven't thought about that. Quarantine on the plane. Nah, it was, it was weird. It was a, probably the least sexy way to, to start a marriage. Um, just vomiting. Like real good bout of diarrhea as well. I tell you one thing though, my abs looked great when I got back. <laughs> All the dry reaching. Oh, that reminds me of the time I spoiled that honeymoon surprise. Was that? I always think that was Joel Birmingham. That no, was you. That was me. So I'm at Tyson's wedding, and Tyson's, you know, Jesse's no doubt organised the whole thing, and um, <laughs> Tyson got given the one task of like, all right. You know, Jesse's like, all right, Tyson, you can organise a honeymoon. And Tyson had this really romantic notion of, um, you know, surprise. Which is, you know, a really cool Perfect, idea. Beautiful. You know, you were shoestring budget at that point though, weren't you? So yeah, Bali yeah. was about it. Mm-hmm. So we're at this um, circle and you were flying pretty much out the next day. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. And everyone's saying goodbye, congrats, you know, how good you all looked, <laughs> how smooth it ran. And I was, a, I was one of your groomsmen. Which I think is, they were saying how, how good Jessie looked. Like. Yeah. She did look quite, you know, quite amazing if you're listening, Jess. <laughs> no worries. Um, <laughs> um, and I, I remember just thinking, saying to you, oh, have fun in Bali. Jesse just looks at me, <laughs> shakes her head, and keeps walking around. And I'll, I'll look at Tyson, and I'm just like, I'm sorry, bro. <laughs> oh, no, no I, honestly, I couldn't believe I'd held my tongue for so long. So I was so glad. Just to, I felt like you got it off my chest. I'd had, I'd had about a million beers that night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I'm shattered because last podcast I was saying that I wanted, I was gonna, I, I told you we're going to Zatapik together. Yes. Well, I was, and I forgot we were going to Bali. The worst thing is, I think I'm going to be hanging solo there now because I'm just going to fly the yeah, uh, relax. Yeah, I might give him a text. Oh, I'm going to fly the relaxed running flag and uh, mate, head, best head podcast in Australia. Yeah, exactly. Best running podcast, anyway. Best exclusive insights. Oh, oh yes, actually, I know what you're hinting at just there. So it is interesting. There's been a lot of whispers about Zatapak this year with um, certain athletes and pacemaking. So this is quite well known. I've heard multiple sources talk about this. It's, it's talk that it's going out. In, the, man, the men's race that this mm-hmm. is going out in 13.45 pace through 5k which is huge but for those of you who don't know that's <laughs> essentially two and a half seconds slower than national record pace mm-hmm. so it's uh, Olympic qualifiers 27.28 so that's sorry wait, I'm doing my maths here is it Australian record 27.24 yes 95 yeah. by yeah, yeah. Benny Saint he's also in the race I'm not sure he's anywhere near that form but mm. um, yes and Olympic qualifier 27.28 which, you know, 13.45 gives you a shot at that. You look through the start list and there's a couple of athletes there that people were raising their eyebrows at. So Brett Robinson's one, six mm-hmm. weeks after New York where he had a bit of a shocker. It's a quick turnaround after running a marathon at his pace. And yeah. then the other one was Geordie Williams, who we have seen race 10Ks, so it's not out of the uh, question to have him in there. But I guess the uh, relaxed running... Um, yeah. No, the guru's done his work. Exclusive that we can have is that Geordie Williams... And Brett Robinson. Both pacing. Confirmed. Yes. Pacing. So regarding the pace, we're, we're presuming the twenty, the uh, 13.45 is the confirmed pace. But yeah, those two, they may finish, but they won't be essentially, they'll be sacrificed in their race for the um, for the pace. But Tice, start list. Talk oh us through the gosh. men's race. This is oh ridiculous. Oh my gosh. So this is, I'm actually shattered. I, uh, I know we mentioned a couple of weeks ago that I was pretty keen to get to get down there. Yeah. I'm actually genuinely sad I'm not going to be able to come down and watch this race. Yeah. Wait, let me just chuck out a couple of names here. It, you know it's going to be a great race when you're excited by the names of the pacemakers. Yeah. I, and can I, before I even say these names, can yeah. I just say, a little bit shattered Geordie's pacing. Do you know what I'm shattered at? What? So before we go through the list, I so this is a who's who. So I think there's, there's two athletes that would potentially be up there who aren't racing for obvious reasons. So Jack Rayne is injured, mm-hmm. got the stress fracture. We'll yep. give him the pass on that. Mm-hmm. And Morgan McDonald doesn't live in Australia full time. I'm so I'm almost surprised he didn't come back and have a crack. Do you know what? This if, lineup. if you put Morgan in this, this is as strong as it could be. Mm-hmm. And so kudos for the, the top guys for putting it out there at – it's a shitty time of the year for a 10K national championship. Yeah. Let's be fair. Yeah, like, it is. It you, is. You, you, you know, you've got to do what you've got to do. But 
Um, yeah, go through those names. Man, these names are, are disgusting. So you've obviously got Brett Robinson, you've got Geordie. Um, okay, mate, we're going in strong. Paddy Tiernan's rocking up. Yep. Harry Summers. Yep. Benny Saint, the great man. Yep. Speaking of great men, Stuart McSwain. Yeah. Holy crap. Can run. Dave McNeil. <coughs> Olympian. Sam McKenty, who is in hot form. And an Olympian. Is he an Olympian as well? Yeah, made the five. Bloody hell. And uh, my best mate, Hawthorne local, <laughs> Jordan Guzman. Which you've been really pumping up, pumping him up lately. Well, I, I, I'm pumping him up because I like the bloke. Yeah. I like him yeah. a lot. So I, I think he's he's an incredible runner, that's obviously. Un, that's unlike you, isn't it? Pumping up someone who you like. Or, yeah, fair point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's, uh, all right, I'm going to, I want to hear your predictions. So we've missed Jack Bruce. You know, what? I didn't even have his name written down. Okay, yeah, so I'm really, sorry, Jack Bruce, if you're listening, because really uh, your under- name was supposed to be on this list. That is another... Little smoky. So four years in the NCAA, Sam, but I think being a Queenslander on top of that means he's sort of removed from a few of the conversations. But I think, you know, judging by what I've seen on social media, he's with the Bedo squad at the moment. And he, he's done quite well. I think he was top three Bernie. Like, you know, he's thereabouts. I think he'd definitely be a smoky for this Olympic team. He's in conversations anyway. Yeah. He's my smoky for this one, Bruce. Well, when you say smoky, that means I, I used the word smoky yeah. before because I was trying to impress you because I heard you use it an hour ago. But what does it mean? Oh, just a rough shot. Like if and I title. So like if I could gamble on this race and someone was paying some pretty decent odds, I'd just chuck five bucks on him. Because I think, you know, like you, you could make a decent profit. It'd be a surprise, but it wouldn't be a like where did that come from? It would be okay. Yeah. Didn't expect that, but it happened. Who are you tipping for the win? Well, I'll tell you was Stewie wins. No, I don't think he does. Stewie, he does. Stewie wins. He's going to beat Paddy Tiernan by about two seconds. No. Sammy McKenzie comes third. So I've got Tiernan wins comfortably. He doesn't. He does. Comfortably. No. Comfortably. Oh, my gosh. I've got second. I mean, I, I hate saying this. I've already said that Jack Bruce is a you know, rough, rough chance. He's not in my top three. Mate, the mayor um, of King Island wins. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm picking him for second. I think, and I reckon third, it, 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 yeah, this is, we got Harry Summers. Yes. Another one you didn't mention, did you? Sorry, no, I yeah. didn't mention nah. uh, Did I mention, I've got his name written down here. You might Sorry. have, yeah. I would, no, nah, I'm, I'm going to keep my three. I, I need to talk to you about something. Yep. How, okay, as a spectacle, yep. I would love it to be a close race. Yep. Look, Looking at the quality of athlete that's Stewie run 1304. Yep. He's run 331. <coughs> yep. 2730 pace if he has a decent night is comfortable. But on that, how long ago did we chat with him? Would have been a month or five okay. or maybe five or six weeks. So five or six weeks ago he was running. Mm-hmm. Like he was running, but he was coming off a break. My concern I have with the five or six weeks that have passed since then, in an Olympic year with an athlete that won't run the 10K in Tokyo Olympics, he'll run the 15 or the 5. Yeah. And that was all but confirmed in our chat anyway. That's where his mind's at. There's no way knowing he's tapering for this race. Mm. I, I don't think he can in December when the Olympics are eight, nine months away. So I, I think with Stewie just getting back into it, you know, basing himself where he's based out of at the moment, I think he's the most talented athlete in that field. I'm not sure actually. I'm not even sure I agree with that. Well, it's hard to say because yeah. I reckon we haven't seen the best of Paddy Tinnan since maybe 2017. I think it's coming. Yeah, I really hope you're right because I um uh, he's coming on the podcast too, Big Paddy. That's, that's also, if, if, if this is one in an A qualifier, this is a national champs and an A qualifier. Well, to get the A qualifier, you're pretty much going to have it. You're, you're going to be like you'll be able yes. to smell the Australian record as well. Well, you'd think both both are a chance of going down with the pace that's being set. So I'm telling you right now, for someone like Tiernan, right, who the 5K team is going to be tough, mm-hmm. right? He's not going to run a marathon, first marathon, and then qualify for the Olympics. So this he wants to run the 10K, right? Therefore, I think I would almost bet a lot of money that he's been building up and tapering for this event mm-hmm. versus Mick Swain. Granted, I think he's still a better athlete. He's not tapering for it. This isn't his be-all and end-all. This is Tiernan's. This, this gets him his ticket to, to Tokyo. Do you want to bet me 50 bucks? Oh. <laughs> I'm actually a bit nervous saying it. Yeah. I mean, like, you, you've said it with so much confidence. Yeah. You? He, I reckon if, if, if Tiernan wins, yep. this is how he wins. Yeah. Um, and I think the only way you can beat a bloke like Stewie is 
So here's what I pictured. I pictured the race going out. I've got a picture too. Pace. Okay, I'll tell you how he's going. Okay, to I feel like I've just got a little uh, vibe of your yep. picture. I had a picture of uh, Pace going out 13.45, Paddy trying to wind it up, wind it up, wind it up, and Stewie just goes, no, not today, mate, I'm going to come with you. Paddy just keeps winding, keeps winding, keeps winding, and then with 400 to go or 300 to go, Stewie's still sitting there and goes, mate, I've run 3.31, I'll catch you at the end. But I think, actually, you tell me what you're I'll, I'll you're tell you how Tiernan wins it, right? Okay. How far do you reckon the pace is going to go for? This is, this is, it's dependent on this. So how far do you reckon Williams and Robinson hang I reckon if Geordie has a good night, he could reach six, six. and a bit okay. K at that pace. That actually sets it up nice because three and a half K racing after that, I think is a good amount because seven and a half laps at the end is a, you know, it gives it, because I think there'll be a few athletes at, hanging on, right? Yep. I think what happens, the moment he dropped, the pacing drops out, I reckon Tiana puts a hard th- three or four in. Yeah. And I think what happens then is it really questions where the Stewie's like, you know, because that could wreck Stewie's night at this stage of his season, I think. So oh. at all, at all just a bit, like if Stewie's 100% fit, yeah. I, I, say this, say Stewie's just way fitter than you realise. If, if, yeah. if Stewie was at his peak, can, can Paddy still beat him? He can. Yeah, okay. I don't know if he does. Yeah. At the peak season, like if I'm talking, if we're asking this question late July, let's just say that this is a European 10K race late July next year, I pick McSwain comfortably mm-hmm. just because of that top end speed. But I'm thinking in December of 2019, just where, where both of their seasons were at, even in terms of the way that Tiernan structured this last season, like when Stewie was peaking in those Diamond League finals and all those races, like Tiernan wasn't really racing at that point. So he's had his break a bit earlier. He's building up again. And if I'm coaching Tiernan, this is his Olympic ticket being marked here. Mm. Like this is how he makes a team. And I, I think he is more talented than people probably give him credit for. So That's definitely true. Yeah. That's definitely I, true. I, I reckon this is where it's run. I, in saying that, more I think about it, I am surprised McDonald's not here. Because I think it's a backup. Because I think what's interesting, and my mind's just heading to that 5K team then. Yeah. Because I think McDonald is a 5K runner. We know that. But I'm looking at that. If McSwain decides the five, McDonald probably gets that second spot. There's a few athletes there who can, you know. McNeil at his age isn't I don't, I don't, going through the motions. I, yeah, I, I think so. I don't think McNeil's going to be a big mover and change. I think on paper. McEntee? I reckon, I reckon McEntee's in hot form. Jordy Guzman was telling me a while ago that he's, he's pumping. It's, it simplifies this now that Guzman doesn't represent Australia. It does. It does. It like, does. It, yeah. it, it really does simplify this. Um, and you know, the multi stallion they're calling. <laughs> You're calling him? No, everyone's saying. That. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it, 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 it's super interesting. So I don't know. Like, I, you know, let's put it this way. Like, if I'll, I'll be there Saturday night, and if McSwain, you know, if he wins, he's toying with him, and he's going to sprint past with three hundred to go. Yeah, I, I can't see him. This is my issue. I, if they're going out at that pace, I don't see a twenty-seven thirty win from McSwain. I don't think mean? he cares enough to try to run that fast. No, he does. You reckon? I think so. What do you mean he doesn't care enough? Well, he's got beer fish to fry. But I think when you're when you're looking at someone's CV at the end of the day, you want to have the fastest times you possible. Mate, he's a potential sub thirteen, sub three thirty runner next year. So is Mo Farah. <laughs> I, I, I just think, you know, winning a winning a 10K... Sorry to use Mo Farah as an example. No, I, just I want to retract that Favorite comment. Point. I, I, don't, I don't think winning a 10K in Box Hill, granted I do like the fact that it is there, yeah. but I, I don't I don't think that's um that's where we should be thinking. Yeah, okay. Well, hey, time will tell. I'm, time will I'm tell. I'm very interested. Well, hey, put down a winning time. Oh, this is, oh you, you've jumped this one on me. I, I would love to see this one in an Olympic qualifier and just to get a few of the chess pieces in play. So Tiananmen's locked away. I feel like it lets other people adjust from there. I want him. I want this one in a, in a qualifier. Yeah. But I want one in a qualifier with an athlete that's going to run the ten. Sure. This is why I don't want yeah. Stu to win. And okay. I love Stu, and we we both have known him for a long time. Yeah. But I want this one by an athlete who will run the ten in Tokyo. Yeah. So I think. Yeah, I want it run by 10 and I want it in 27, 27, one second. 27, That's what I want. Realistically, it wouldn't surprise me if it was one in 27.50. Okay. I'm going to lock in um, Stewie's going to win. Yeah. 27.32. Yeah, which it, it, that, that just that just throws chaos into the Olympic qualifying, doesn't it? I love it? a bit of chaos. <laughs> Mind you, did you, the bloody, it's chaotic enough as it is trying to understand this stupid point system. 
Yeah, let's not get it, started because I find no, the conversation so boring. Well, I don't think I know how to uh, how to explain yeah, it regardless. Or if I care. It's the yeah, look, it is, and I, yeah, it is. But you, you do take the points out of it if you if you've got the national championship with the A qualifier. So I think, and it just goes back on rankings after that. Yeah, and the good thing about the ranking system is that, like, there's so many like the East Africans like obviously dominate the 10k ranking system that you you know they can only send three so. The spots there to be had for Australian athletes. Yeah. But, yeah. I, oh. I just want to congratulate, I think, the general distance fraternity for actually rocking up. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it, it, it's genuinely a good thing, you know, and to have – to be sitting here saying every, McDonald's the only one who probably has a fair reason, but, you know, I, it, it's awesome. It really is awesome. And get down there. Yeah. I heard it's free entry. No, it's not. Yeah. Is it really? Well, I was looking at it today. And, uh, you know, Box Hill, it's not as easy to get to than, unless you live in the eastern suburbs, which I don't. But yeah. I, um, yeah, I think it'll be yeah, a good one. That's evening. good. Yeah. That's good. I tell you what, that'll, uh, that'll uh, pump up a little bit of Aussie running. It's not too often that 10K runners can look pretty sexy, but when you've got Australia's best running around, having a crack at an A standard. Do you know the only thing I don't want? Well, this isn't a crack at you because you've been there. I, I don't think there's much worse than like blokes getting lapped twice. Yeah, no, it wasn't lap twice, was it? <laughs> Thank you. I was, up, I was doing my best to, to yeah. hide that race from the the, uh, the rest of uh, the Australian distance yeah. community. It's a very good point. Yeah. It's a very good point. I, I did see that the you had to have run that qualifying time of 29.45 to even even be considered. His blokes on the start list have broken 30. Like, what's Brady run? Not 30. You yeah. got him up. He ran 14 on a couple of weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, I think that deserves a... Oh, that's worthy of 29 mid, I would have thought. Yeah. But if he has a good run, he, he's well and truly No, he does. But 29 mid at 27.30 pace. Yeah, perspective is a big thing, isn't it? Yeah. That's funny. All of a sudden, yeah. it looks very slow. Yeah. It, it, it's a hard one. And I think in saying that... He still wouldn't be lapped twice doing that. Though. No, no, he wouldn't. But it is kind of cool that... You know, those guys do get a chance to run in a national championship, which for all intents and purposes is like an Olympic trials. Mm-hmm. It's as close as Australia is going to get. Yeah. Um, and he's the king as well, king but, of Bendigo. But I think how good is Steigen? Because Steigen's just like the, uh, the ZFXB where you're just like... Well, who's running Steigen? Well, I don't know if it's been released yet, but yeah, I think we might struggle to have that podcast pre-Steigen with you, your escapades overseas. Mate, I'll take my laptop. We'll do a Skype one if we have to. <laughs> yeah, we should. I, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, seriously. Yeah. I did one. Yeah. I, I don't like doing them because... Um, I just, I just find it a little bit, it's just a bit awkward. Like I, I can see when you're about to finish a sentence here. Something about the computer. Yeah. Like, is it glitching or has he stopped? But we've known each other 11 years or something, so we do have that vibe, I think, with each other. But, but Steigen, right? So props to these guys. So Steigen's is, is a sock company in Geelong. Is that what it is? They make socks. <laughs> yes. And they're good socks. Okay. So go buy some Steigen socks. But, the unofficial so sponsor. Louis Rowan started it, and he ran, represented Australia in 5K at Melbourne Com Games. Didn't do much after that because he fucked his back. Oh. Like, crook. You know, there. chronically. Just ran injured, oh. qualified, knew it was his one chance, mm-hmm. ran through it, blah, blah, blah. rest is history. But he got to run probably one of the greatest races of all time. He was out there. Now, anyway, starts a company, really supporting athletes. So, their, comp- like their mantra from everything I've heard is just trying to give back to this sport that, you know, everyone's into. And they make a good product. Now, so what they've done is they've got these athletes and I think there's like, they've got like roughly 50 athletes in the pool of men and women. And there's these companies. And so, the companies basically buy a license to draft a team from these pool of athletes. Buy a license to draft. So I think I, I can't remember the exact fees. Oh, were, so, were you explaining this yeah. to me somewhere the other day? So correct, you know, and listeners, if I'm slightly off on this, forgive me. But the rough idea is they pay, let's say, five grand, right? So I know that um, that you know, different companies. So let's just say you own a company, mm-hmm. relax running, mm-hmm. and you buy a team for five G. So this might be something we look at in the future. You know, once you you know the income stream starts coming, <laughs> maybe if you guys want to chip in. Like, <laughs> but um, so they bought a team, right? And there's a draft. So the draft is randomly selected, right? So you draft your athletes. You draft the best athletes you can find, and there's some good athletes in there, you know. So anyway, you draft the athletes, and there's some races. Starts off with a three K race, then there's a fifteen. An eight, and it finishes with a 400. But they're elimination races. So the, every athlete drafted to each team runs a 3K. Half are eliminated. I think it's half. Again, if I'm wrong, this is the rough idea, though. Mm-hmm. Then the remaining ones run the 15. Half get eliminated. And there's one person standing. So in order to get the main prize, you have to have an athlete that has made it the top half of the 3K, the 15, and the eight, but can drop a decent 400 and win. Who wins that? Geordie Williams or Luke Matthews? 
I don't even know who's in the start list, but who so would you say would win that? Well, imagine if a Peter Ball or someone rocked up and and tempoed it through and made it in the top half of the 3K. Yes. This is what I'm saying. This wow. Is, this is where it gets interesting. This is an interesting Because answer. like you could pick a 750 3K guy, but if he can't break 50 seconds and you're racing, I don't I don't know if Peter Ball or Joe Daniel, guys like that are in the draft, mm-hmm. I would, they'd run 46. It's this really cool concept where it's like, and there's a lot of money at stake and the, the teams make money on the, the 5K entry fee. But all the athletes who get drafted get paid just for getting drafted. So I think it was something like if any athlete gets drafted, there's a hundred bucks. They earn a hundred bucks just to appearance fee. Wow. Right? And then like the better you do, the more the athletes make, the teams make money. It's just such a cool like awesome idea and that's unheard of getting paid to do running no it is <laughs> but, like, and there's, but there's guys who are like low nine minute guys in the draft pool who will get picked so it's like they, they, it's, it's this really cool concept but on top of that there's a 10k event and it's like Steigen event for a few years now has been known as a Zatapec beat race yeah so it's a sub 30 race so guys run sub 30 there every year but they're guys who are like oh do I feel like getting lapped or can I go win in 2940 mm. and again there's a place for it and it's awesome yeah. but this team's draft event I think is really cool and it kind of makes me really a bit jealous because I feel like it would be such a cool event to be part of oh that would be a great event and wouldn't it but like but in saying that imagine one night going out there to win it all you're running a 3k a 15 and 8 and a 4 do you know what the recovery time is in between the events <coughs> it would have to be decent I haven't looked too much into it I'm going to go down to it I think you know like we were saying the other week I really want to get around athletics and just be a face in the stands and not one of the live streamers because yeah. it's um I think, you know, it gives us something to talk about, but it's a sport and you don't hear many football nuffies who don't attend matches live every now and then. So, you know, we need to get out there, but I, I love what they're doing. These ideas are awesome. That's like, good. That is very good. We're going to have to have like a little betting thing of our own. And then, but the, thing, the beauty thing is, is they've made all their um, singlets. So Steigen's provided like all the sponsored singlets of the athletes to wear. It's like a Tour de France vibe to it. Does the local community get out and about a little bit? Do they get much local I went uh, to, advertising? I haven't been down for a couple of years. I was overseas last December, um, which I talked about before, but I, and I don't know if I made it the year before that. But I have been down a few times to these races. So look, look, they've typically always had a few hundred people there, which around Landy Field looks good. But I think with this happening, like there's beer tents, there's marquees, like this is going to give it a whole new vibe, I think, to a real good night of athletics and I think similar to why Zatapex at Box Hill. Mm. Just, you know, you get, it makes it look better. Yeah, it's true. Did I tell you about the time I met John Landy? No. Oh. Weirdly unrelated to what we're talking no, about. No, you said Landy Field. Go, tell oh, me. Oh, see? That was yeah, my segue. Was this, I said this to you before the podcast. I go, Manny, keep me accountable yeah. because sometimes you ask a question and I answer a different <laughs> one. <laughs> Did I just yeah. catch myself live doing that? But you, that's a fair. That's a fair call. You said the name. I made the jump. Yeah. Tell me. Beautiful. Um, no, so me, uh, he was he was with Ron Clark, and he was at, um, yeah, right. It was like a meet and greet. Yeah, it was like yeah, we knew what we were doing. I was with Jocker. We we're about yep. fifteen, and uh, oh, Doncaster Athletics Track. Yeah, and do you know that feeling? You meet someone, you're so inspired by, you're a little bit tongue tied. Yeah. So uh, I, I met him, and I was, I was just flustered. I didn't know what to say. What did you say to us? I said, uh, have, have I told you this? No. I said, um. Oh, so great to meet you. I said, I've always wondered, like, how did it feel, um, like, coming second to Roger Bannister and he was the first one to break four minutes for the mile. Yeah. And, uh, no, but Jocker looked at me, he's like, mate, this is your one time to meet your hero or whatever. Don't ask him about the time he got beaten, like, in this historical <laughs> moment, breaking four minutes for the mile. He goes, oh, you know, well, yeah, it's a... I felt like there's a little bit of hesitation in his voice, yeah. which suggested he wanted to punch me in the head. There's still that regret. Only rumours. Anyway, that was my unrelated story, which was strangely related. Too I'm going to get better at these podcasts, mate. Too bad, John. You were second. Yeah, take that. <laughs> Is he still, should I still alive? Oh. Apologies, John, if you're listening, but I'm not sure. Rest in peace. But yeah, otherwise, far out. I'm going to no. have to do some serious editing on this editing <laughs> on this podcast. No, it is funny. I don't know where to go from that story, though. That's yeah, funny. no, that's good. You know what? Let's jump back to... Uh, so we've got... <laughs> <laughs> 
got so much to learn. Hey, uh, <laughs> let, let's go back because we didn't talk about the girls' race yet. Yeah, so if I just get up the start list now, forgive me guys for one second here. Yeah, here we go. Um, there's no shame in saying this. This It's not a not a stronger start list because mm-hmm. I think you've got athletes like, you know, Pashley and Diver not running. Where's Pashley? What's she doing? She's recovering from uh, she uh, in New York. New York. Went, yeah. Ran well. So she'll, uh, she'll represent Australia in the Olympics barring injury. So there's a build-up from that. And I understand... Trying to peak six weeks after a marathon, you peak for. Yeah, nah, don't bother. So looking at this, so there's Caitlin Adams, South Australia, and Brickacek, I think is a really good chance. Rose Davies as well, not a bad athlete. Interesting one here, Genevieve Gregson, mm-hmm. debuting. Tara Palm, she's been around for a little while. Yeah. And apart from that, is they're probably the athletes I'm looking at. So I reckon it becomes a race between Brickacek and Gregson. Yeah. Um, How do you see that playing out? Brickacek wins. I agree. Um, Olympic qualifier here is 31.25. They don't get near it. Yeah. However, I reckon that sets up Brickacek for a chance to chase that just by having the national title. I think Brickacek, for the way I see it, she just, she just seems as talented as, um, as Jen is and as much as I'd love to see her debut like with a win. Yeah. I think just that... Bricky Check's just a she's a real gut runner, isn't she? Yeah. She just seems to I I think when it comes to a grind, if the two of them were out there, she'd just she would lay it down. She'd just keep on laying it down, laying it down, laying it down. Yeah. If Jen is is there with a lap to go, you'll surely back her because she's got a mind you, I think Em's done pretty well over fifteen hundred herself. I, I think she has. My worry with Jen is that she hasn't I haven't seen her enough over like the five K distance to sort of see what that capability is. Mm. I mean, the three K steeple is arguably one of the hardest events, but yeah, I think if Brickacek has been injury-free and running well, yeah. which, yeah, we haven't heard otherwise. And you've interviewed her coach recently, I believe. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I, I think she's going to be a good shot for the win there. But, yeah, I can't see that Olympic qualifier going for 31-25. Yeah, yeah. I, I, hope, I hope it turns on really nice uh, really nice weather. <coughs> yeah. It'd be a, it'd be, I... Uh, I've raced at Box Hill a few times when the weather's just been beautiful yeah. and it's such a great track. Well, that, what's interesting, I'm just having a look at this start list. Women's Australian national record, 30-37. Who holds that? Willis. Benita. Is that what she ran? Yeah. I'm looking at the Olympic qualifier, 31-25. Just comparing that between the men's, how you're basically going to get four seconds off a national record to get the Olympic qualifier, like, which I do think can go. I think Benny Saint, he's going to lose that in the next 12 months. But... Cole should have it, let's be fair. Yeah, Cole's never really hit a good 10, did he? No. Did he run 27, 29. Oh, did he? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. well. Actually, no, I'll go Actually, did, I think he, did he have it for a while? Did he break Crichton's record? Yeah, well, here we go. The Vic record in 2009 is 27, 29, and the national record was in 2011, so he did have it for a bit. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Because Crichton was Victorian, obviously. Yeah. And I think Crichton coaches Brickacek. I think I'm going out on him and saying that. Yeah, I think, I'm yeah, pretty sure you're right as well. I remember him saying yeah. he did a lot of his runs with it. Yeah, so. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, looking at that, it is interesting that men have to almost run an Australian record. In fact, I don't think that's a strong Australian record. Putting it out there, mm. I think that can go. Yeah. But I think there's three blokes who can beat that, realistically. Tiernan. McSwain. Summers. Yeah, agreed. He's a freak of an athlete. Yep. Hence, a, yeah. Hasn't he moved to Italy or something? He's training with... Yeah, he's been... He's, um, you know, he's following his passion, finally getting his life right, and he's getting out there having a crack, and what a year to do it. He paced Valencia Marathon for 10K, which, you know, was right. That was a one in like 203, which, yeah. so I think, you know, there's that, that was a couple of weeks ago. I think he's a, he's a decent shot. Is he still wearing those stupid barefoot oh, shoes? Thank Christ. Nah, thank God for that. I reckon, like, chuck them in the bin. Yeah. Just because they're so ugly. It's vibrant. Just everyone. Yeah. Please chuck them out. They're not just ugly, they're bad for you. Are like, they bad for you? Oh, yeah. Genuinely, oh, that barefoot phase they is They just look gone. so stupid. Yeah, they do. <laughs> what is it like the paleo diet of the shoe world essentially yeah, yeah. I was going to just compare it to vegetarianism but I didn't want to pinch in <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Um, just having a look at these start lists so again like, I'm looking at there's men's 1500 not there's, much going on in the men's 15 Zach Patterson Jeff Risley Zach Patterson I haven't heard much of the last couple of years I hope he proves me wrong comes out and smashes yeah. it Jeff what's Jeff doing again I think he's been coming back from a few surgeries um, again, I can't see that Ben one sub three forty. So, but it might be a good hit out for those guys early season. Mm-hmm. And apart from that, this is a typical like women's fifteen. Oh, I feel bad for this. Like, this, I guess this is where it's hard, sort of having that, you know, distance events. There's only nine athletes entered for that. And looking through the list, there's 
yeah, you know, Paige Campbell, Sarah Billings, there's a few decent athletes there, but nothing of um, nothing of note. Not yeah. not in terms of the the athletes that we expect to sort of make. I think the team next yeah. year. So, wait, who's the chick, the, the Aussie chick who was on the Game Changers documentary? Morgan McDonald. Is she running? She's an 800 runner now. She trained Luke Matthews' mother's coaching her too. Oh, I knew that. Yeah. yeah so okay. she, well, she, she represented Australia, I think, at the World Champs. I actually don't know. She had a really, really good season. So she it, she yeah. did. So, but like, she's a classic 4 8 girl, not an 8 15 girl. Yeah. Get a bit of red meat. Now. You know, that's what she wants. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, you're fine. There's been enough controversy. Did you see, did you watch the. Actually, did you hear the Joe Rogan documentary? There was two of them. I did, but there's one thing no one's actually stated to say, right? So let's just say you're looking at an Olympic 100-meter final, right? And let's say a vegan comes second, right? And you're pumping that up to pump up veganism. What about the other seven spots? Yeah. You're basically saying that 80% of the world's fastest runners are meat eaters. I watched that. They can't, they're, yeah. they're, they're misusing statistics. There's just this logical fallacy that I think the whole movie misses. And the fact that it was written and directed by an MMA athlete, he for a profession gets his head boxed in, mm. sort of needs to tell you something about what. Oh, but did you listen I to it? I get passionate about it. No, good. Yeah, but, but, okay, I reckon yeah. you've hit something because yeah. I agree. I agree that if you're watching that documentary from the point of view, it's super biased. Like you can't make the assumption that, or you can't try and claim that because they're vegan, they're performing better than no, most. No, it's nothing to do with it. But um, it's pretty, did you, you got to watch, if you haven't, watch the Joe Rogan, Chris Cresser. Oh, um, listen to it. Yes. Yeah. But okay, so two things on that one, right? So first of all, what? There's my, I love Joe Rogan. I think he's like, what we're doing now. He's the best in the world at it. Okay, yeah. like I feel like he could he, the guest that he had to sort of like you know defend. I guess like an, an omnivore diet. It's not the best guest to have. Yeah, like essentially you got some dude who had a master's in you know basic nutrition, but sort of didn't even define himself as an expert defending it. And then second of all, on the other side of the argument, you got an ex MMA fighter. So I just feel like you've got two blokes slinging shit at each other, and neither of them really know what they're talking about. At the end of the day, everyone leaves it confused. And that's the thing. Like, that's what I'm interested to ask you about this because I think from someone in, in like our perspective yeah. or my perspective especially, yeah. I look at that and I go, all right, like from where I stand, you guys are referring to studies, you're referring to these massive research uh, projects that have been done. Like how the heck – like because like you can you can find studies to prove that, uh, you know, veganism is better for your performance. You can find the same thing to prove, prove that um, eating meat's better for but your mate, performance. I'm, get, I'm, but, I'm getting passionate about this, but I'm sitting there watching it, right, and they're yeah. talking about how, you know – Eating a mostly plant-based diet is good for you. Mm. Well, no shit. I eat meat daily, but my diet is still 80% plant-based. Mm. I eat meat at dinner. Yeah. Like my diet is still majority plant-based. Like, you know, I, I think about what I had for breakfast this morning. I had toast with Vegemite, you know, majority plant-based, you know. I go to lunch, right, and then, you know, you have some, you know, I'd sell, you know I bought a salad sandwich today. Majority plant based, and mm. I have dinner, and I have a little bit of Asian food with a bit of meat, and so I'm going looking through it, and everything that they're quoting was just like missing the mark, and it was um, it's uh, yeah, I, I got so frustrated watching that. I, I, yeah, it's um, it was a tough one. I feel like it just missed the mark on so many levels. Really, both sides. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's funny because I left. I was really impressed with. Uh, I don't know his last name. I was impressed yeah. with the MMA fighter because I thought. Going to it, I was like, this guy's going to be a muppet. Like, yeah. he's really just going with a bias. He's a point smart guy. Like, I'll give him that. But I think at the end of the day, like, you know, it's it, it's hard. I, the examples he used didn't really prove much. It, it, yeah, it was. I, I sat there, watched, and I said, yeah, it's a good documentary. It was entertaining, but yeah, like, move on. Mm. You know, people are going to wait. You know, mate. Like, and it's yeah. it's genuinely not bad for you. And I. I Yet to, yet to honestly hear otherwise. I think people just hate being preached at, whether it's in the church or whether it's in the vegan world or whatever it is. Yeah. People are just like, mate, stop telling me. I'm, uh, that's what I love about doing the comedy scene. It's yeah. so refreshing to be at a group where, uh, yeah. mind you, there's two sides to comedians. There's the super lefties where it's like, no, you can't say anything. Yeah. And then the other side where you're like, mate, this is so refreshing just to be around <laughs> blokes who actually can talk. Um, but the idea of just being preached at about anything, I'm like, piss off. I'm not sure if it's being preached at because I think there's some versions of good preaching. Like some of the good preaching, for example, if I'm, you know, you're sitting there listening to like anti-vaccination movement and a, a prominent doctor or researcher comes out and starts preaching, I think, you know what, that's actually quite relevant. But when I'm sitting there listening to that movie and I'm like, well, I'm not even sure who's preaching at me, I think there's a certain lack of validity in, in terms of the personas of who's saying it. And, and I think that's sort of, co- that's what, I struggle, but I mean, in saying that, I'm a happy omnivore. So there's, I'm coming from a, a a bit of a not even a bias, but I feel like I've got to be convinced otherwise. But I think if you're making a claim, I think the burden of proof stands with the person making the claim, mm. and I'm not sure you get that burden of proof. 
But who knows? Might come out in 10 years' time that we're all wrong anyway. So Yeah, all right, that'll be interesting. Anyway, I can go vegan because it's working. I reckon Morgan Mitchell's a little stunner. Morgan, what's it, Morgan Mitchell, Morgan McDonald? What's the name I'm talking about? Well, Morgan McDonald's a bearded man. He's gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, she, well, yeah, okay. So, like, the other thing that got me, and, like, again, like, I feel like I'm opening a can of worms here, and I'm so glad I have. Guru's grill, but, like, what? Like, <laughs> oh, we're going off that. No. Have you even referred to me as that? I've just I've been the first person, only one to refer to myself in that. Today. The Guru's grill? Yeah. No, this, this is oh, the Guru's well, grill. I, I think I struggled with her. Like, like, let's, like she's not a well beater. She's a really good domestic athlete, but she has struggled to scrape into teams, and that's nothing against her because she's a better athlete than I ever have been, ever will be, ever would want to be. Mm-hmm. But again, it's really hard to sit there and listen to her preaching about you know this veganistic diet, and you know it, it came out. It's, it's, it's you know it's just I, I I don't feel like it's any proof that that has assisted her in any way to be a better athlete. When the reality is, she's a on the world stage. Like, her, what would her world ranking be of eight hundred? What's your run two or two? Yeah, I mean she she's she's a chance to go sub two. She is, which is good. But you know, could be fifty six these days in the medal. Oh, that's quick. It is. Oh, yeah, but well. again, like, that's all the Semenya stuff, isn't it? So that's, a, that's another can of worms we're not going to touch. Oh, far out. Oh, mate, I dare to. Dare me to? No, I don't know. I've already had to do nothing. Oh, yeah. What do you reckon? We've done, that's an hour chat. Is it? Yeah. Is there anything else you want to get off your chest? No, I feel like. I'm not going to see you for a couple of weeks. Talk to me. Like, what else do you need to get off your chest? No, before I feel like we should be careful. Like, we've diced around a few topics this afternoon. <laughs> what did we talk about? That was... Well, no, this hasn't been too bad, has it? What about you? Like, there's not much. There's not much happening in track and field athletics nah. this time of year. Like, it, it is just you know the socks down and moving into Christmas. I've been around the comedy scene for too long, so I, I forget what year. Supposed to be allowed to say. I don't know. Melbourne's too hard to say. Mate, you've got some shocking jokes, though. Like, you, you, your your best joke, in my opinion, pushes some boundaries. Well, what one was that? Your sister. As I said, so much editing. Yeah. <laughs> Grace, if you're listening. <laughs> He's sorry. Oh, not at all. Wait, I'm getting out of here. <laughs> Mate, I love you. See you guys. See you in a couple of weeks.